Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified reconnective healing practitioner, a sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio is streaming to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that is probably already going on right now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, Go ahead and post it, and we will do our best to get your question on air as an alternative for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online. You may simply call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227, and that way you can listen via phone, or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you are driving about. 
Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. So go ahead and do that after the show, and you'll be able to check that out and see what kind of books you can get for free for 30 days. So here's a question for all of you. How many of you are happy in your job? You know, do you really love your work? Seriously, are you really happy at work? Do you remember why you decided to take the job you have now? And are you as fulfilled as you believed you would be when you said yes to that job offer? Tonight we're going to discuss these questions and more so that you can learn more about how you can get back on track, and not just at work, but in every aspect of your life. For real, that's what we're going to do is sit back, listen, and learn so you can go out and conquer the fears or the roadblocks that are holding you back and challenging you right now. My guest, Jim Donovan, is a small business owner, consultant, speaker, and he is the author of Happy at Work, 60 Simple Ways to Stay Engaged and Be Successful, and that is our topic for this show. He has offered workplace advice to employers for 25 years, and he considers himself a happiness expert because he has helped so many people, thousands of workers, discover ways to make their work more fulfilling and enjoyable, and all without changing jobs or even getting a raise. In the tradition of such inspirational writers as Richard Carlson, Jim offers 60 simple tips that will help anyone both rediscover the reasons why they took the job in the first place and increase their levels of productivity and fulfillment. And, you know, although this book is geared toward work as I read it, I could see that this really will help with every area and every aspect of your life. So as you go through it, you can see how you can implement it in all the other areas of your life, completely fulfilling you totally. So that that would be great. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you being I'm great. See, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, we appreciate we appreciate everybody who takes time to come and join us on Energy Awareness Radio because all of you experts offer us so much good information, and we always have fun. You know, your book is such an easy read, and it's filled with so much information. I really like the way that it's divided into short chapters so the reader can easily locate information that they want by category, so you can look things up if you, you, know, if you choose to. And you've been doing this work for a very long time, and I'm going to guess that you're happy at work yourself, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I have. I actually uh, I backed into this because back in 1996, I wrote a little book called Handbook to a Happier Life, and uh, had no idea what I was doing. I had been writing a newsletter. I was sharing ideas that were helping me rebuild my own life, and I knew they worked. That's why this book, as well as Handbook, as well as one of my other books, 52 Ways to a Happier Life, all have multiple chapters. They have 52 Ways is 52 chapters. This has 60 and Handbook to Happy Life is 63 because I, I write small. It's kind of my my theory is take take an idea, take something you want to work on, or something you want to think about in your life, something you're being challenged with, and here's here's some of my thoughts about it. Here's something based on my own experience. Here's what I learned from it. Read that, take that, go out the door, and use it in your own life. I'm not trying to write novels here. I'm trying to give people information they can use to make their lives better because I've been using this stuff for 28 years now, and I know it works. Because I've watched my own life change from when it was in the toilet, literally in the garbage, to where I am now. It's it's true because the uh, it's such an easy and quick read. You can read a few chapters and put it down and go back to it later and not feel like I don't have time to read part of it because the chapters are not long, and, but they're full. I like that because you don't go overboard with the narrative. You just state the facts and this is it. And it's great. It really, I like that a lot when I'm, when I'm dealing with books like this because I think you learn better, you learn more, because you can take in more in a shorter amount of time. Thank you. That's kind of my, my point. You know, it's, it only takes one idea to change, to create a major change in someone's life, if you think about it. Just one mm-hmm. thing. Like maybe there's one little piece that you go, ah, I hadn't looked at that. Let me look at it that way and see what happens. And bam, you get a different result. And that's one of the things I strive to do. And it's been, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of, time, a lot of good time writing it. It, 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 is all about pers- it is all about perspective. That is for certain, you know. In all seriousness, though, Jim, how many people, or do you have any idea in all the work that you're doing, how many people percentage-wise do you think 
are truly happy at work? Well, the numbers from the experts, and the, the you mentioned the phrase happiness expert. I just want to clarify that Fast Company Magazine said that. I never called myself that. I, I ah, okay. Words I try to stay away from. There's, nobody's an expert. I mean, we all don't know something. I know there's, there's a whole lot of stuff I don't know, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff I do know. Uh, but, yeah, it's just the the, ex, the Gallup studies of finding 70% of the workforce in America is disengaged, and it's even worse in other countries. So let's take let's be let's be conservative and take half of that. So let's say there's only you know forty fifty percent of the people at work at any given time are unhappy, and that creates a couple of problems. Number one, it's it's absurd. I mean, in my my frame, like why would you do that voluntarily? And you have choices. You can leave, or maybe you can't leave. So you can't leave. Now you have two more choices. You can either find ways to feel better, or you can be miserable. Why would you choose miserable if there's another way? And the only reason I think people would choose not choose the other way is they don't know the other way. The stuff that I write about, the stuff that I teach, that I've been teaching for now 20 years, and I've been working with it in my own life for 28 years, is not taught anywhere. You have to go learn it on your own. You have to learn. You have to pick up a personal development book or a seminar, an audio, or video, whatever. But you have to go look for it. It's not there. That's one of the reasons I wrote Happier Work. I've written six books. This is the first one that's really had the workplace focus right on the title. I wanted to be real clear that, hey, this is for the workplace, because that's where people are unhappy. Once you learn how to change how you feel in the workplace, you learn how to change how you feel anywhere else. So if I can make myself feel good in any situation, now I'm running my life. So who do I want to run my life? (laughs) For me, it's myself. (laughs) That's right. I picked me as running my own life. Thank you very much. Yes, you know yourself best. No one else knows you as well as you do, and that that is for certain for everyone. Although, you know, and it is good that it is work-related because there there isn't anything out there. They certainly don't teach this in school, you know, not not in high school, not in college, not even in graduate school. You don't learn the things that are in this book. This comes with experience, but nobody has written it down before. So, you know, kudos to you, and, and aren't we all very lucky because now we have a place to go and look this up and see that, you know, you can get information from here. I mean, some of it I kind of smiled at or even laughed at because I thought, oh, yeah, been there, done that, <laughs> you know. And, uh, oh, yeah, we, it's, most, you know, we know what to do. Sometimes we just need to be reminded to do it. Right. This is kind of like going back to the basics, you know, and that's what we all need a refresher in is going to the basics. And that reminder to, to do it when we need to do it, not think about it 20 minutes later. Yeah, you know, exactly. to, to take things as they come up. But And I believe that employees, they really want to be happy in their work, but it really wasn't all that long ago that employers didn't put a lot of emphasis on the happiness factor at all. That just wasn't part of it at all. And we've all heard about, you know, let's take Google and how much fun it would be to work there. So it seems that some companies have learned that it is important to ensure happiness amongst the ranks. And I'm sure you've seen that change over the years. Do you think that we've come you know, pretty far with that? How how far have we come? Have we come a long way, baby? <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure we've come anywhere at all because the Gallup polls keep going in the other direction. But companies really? are now waking up and they're doing it mainly because of the work that's been done at Harvard and the studies that are being done throughout industry where companies are finding out, and this should not be any big surprise to anyone, that as you invest in your people and you develop your people, they become more engaged, and as they become more engaged, they become more productive, and as they become more productive, the revenue rises. This is not not complicated, folks. They're Mm -hmm. they're proving, Sean Aker and the folks up in Harvard, the positive psychology world at Harvard, are proving that as you feel better, you do better. It's like, duh. Who doesn't mm-hmm. know that? But now they're you know, we're scientifically documenting. And, and I love it because you know, I've been doing this work for almost 20 years, and there were people doing it for 100 years before me in the personal development arena trying to say, hey, your thoughts create your reality. Your thoughts create your experience. Your thoughts create how you feel. And now they're finding out that, hey, if I, if I create thoughts to make myself feel happy and I do things that make me feel good, I'm a, I'm a better performer. Doctors are, are I believe it's 21% more accurate in making in diagnosis when they're when they're positive versus negative. That's a yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's a little scary that thought. But it's <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Keep your eye on your no. doctor when you go there. Yeah, is he in a good mood today or not? People at 30. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come back tomorrow if my my doctor's not happy. You know, if he's yeah, not going to make really, a good. Salespeople are 37 percent more effective when they're in a positive frame of mind. 
Anybody in business, you think about that one, 37% better at sales when they're in a positive frame of mind. So what do you want to do to keep your salespeople positive and upbeat and motivated? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big part of that. And companies are finding out it's, all, it's a two-way street. We have a responsibility. The employee has a responsibility. And the problem yeah. I'm seeing is that a lot of the media coverage has been about what companies can do, like Google. Okay, we can put in foosball tables and pool tables and this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> and all the studies now are finding that that's not doing it either because they missed it completely. It's on the other side of the table. It's the employee. If I feel good about me, if I know how to make myself feel good in any situation, then it, it matters little what I'm doing. I'm going to find a way to feel good doing it, not for the company, but for me, because it's my life. It's the time right. in my life. The only commodity I have of any value is my time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure I feel good or move on. And you spend most of it at work. So you yeah, better exactly. like what you do. Yeah. So if you yeah. can't get out of there, find a way to make there better. Mm-hmm. Find a way to change yourself. Right. To, re- to view it. But sometimes it's just a matter of changing perception. Instead of looking at what's wrong, look at what's right. What's good about your job? Well, how about it puts food on your table then? You know, that's right. a big one. Talk to somebody who doesn't. Well, you know, and to me, I mean, we talk a lot about gratitude on this show, and to me, the secret to life is gratitude. And in any situation, you can find something to be, in any situation, you can find something to be grateful for. It matters not what it is. And I know people will say, well, you've never been through. Well, you don't know the baggage that I have, and you don't know what I've been through. But you can, in any situation, find gratitude. And sometimes it's just a matter of taking that moment and finding it and getting that feeling going so that you can, because that will change you in an instant if you can get that feeling of gratitude. And then I think you're right. It doesn't matter what the job is that you're doing. You're grateful that you're doing whatever it is. Yeah. And that gratitude is going to kick the law of attraction into play, and that's going to attract a lot more things to be grateful for, right, which are more things that we want and so on and so on. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've walked this. I've lived in a car. Mm. (laughs) But the upside, when I see the gratitude side, the car was in Moonlight Beach in Encinitas, California. It was one of the most beautiful views in the world. Mm-hmm. A view of the Pacific Ocean when I woke up sleeping in the car with all my belongings. You know? and, I could have focused had... on that and been miserable. <laughs> I chose and, not and to be you, miserable. And you were in California, so the thing was it was warmer. It wasn't like you were in Maine. Yeah, exactly. It was about 80 <laughs> degrees. You know, Abe Lincoln said, I wake up in the morning, I could be happy, I could be miserable. I choose a happy. Yeah. So that's right there. Yeah. You want to focus. Right. And, and it is that easy. And some of it, I know you, you talk a lot about energy. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of it is that. I, I have a bunch of pieces in Happy at Work talking about different things we can do with energy, simple stuff. Water yeah. is a big one. You know, movement, yeah. music, all kinds of cool things. Yeah, there Just are. Take I mean, if you're. Control of your own feelings is what it comes down to. If you're sitting at your job all day long, first of all, for your own health, you need to get up and walk around a little bit every hour and just go and smile at somebody and say, have a two-minute conversation. You're not going to get yelled at for that, you know, And but yeah. I think in today's job market, people are really fearful, and so they have that fear hanging over their head that, do I have job security? I think I do, but I just saw so-and-so get a pink slip last week, so it could be my neck next, and that that does bring people down a little bit, but what I'm noticing, at least in my area, I'm, I'm, in, I'm right outside of New York City, and we're noticing a lot of companies are implementing better wellness programs. They had some that weren't that great, and now it's turning a corner, and they're realizing, you know what? You have to start with attitude, and what is that? I know I get called in to do a lot of different classes on gratitude, and that to me is where it all starts, because if you can teach somebody that, they can turn their perspective in an instant and, oh, yeah. and their life can change in an instant. And I oftentimes tell people, you know, when we say your life changes in an instant, the first thing, place we go, the first place our brain takes us is must have been a bad diagnosis. Somebody got into a car accident. Somebody's hurt. Somebody passed. Somebody lost their job. It's never a positive thing like, oh, they met the person of their dreams. They're taking the trip of a lifetime. They have the job of, <laughs> that they've always wanted. Nobody goes right. down that road. And if you can teach people to change that entrenched thinking, which – you know, science has proved you can do, and your book allows people yeah. to turn the perspective around a little bit, then, yeah, I think, I think people will gain a lot. But are you noticing that companies, I am here, as I said, are implementing more wellness programs that are starting with that type of, it's not necessarily bringing in a gym or teaching a yoga class. You know, it's bringing in something that they can use for real in their life to change perspective. Well, I'm happy to hear it's happening because I'm not that far from you. I'm in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, across the river from Frenchtown, mm. from Hunterdon County. Um, I'm not doing a lot of the work in the companies right now because this is a new territory for me because I haven't, 
I've been in, on the personal development side, so not necessarily mm-hmm. entrenched in the corporate world. But yes, it's happening, and it has to be happening. Because, well, two things are causing it to happen. One is that there are people that are demanding it. You have generations that won't, that just won't put up with it. They won't work where they're not happy. They'll walk out the door. The whole millennial right. generation. Then you also have yep. companies finding out that, hey, you know what? This investment pays off. They knew it <laughs> back when. When I first, I first started in business in 1974. I've been at this a while. We were, we were producing training programs. I came out of the video business. So I got to see the training world inside big companies like Gillette and Deck and all these big guys up in Boston. Mm-hmm. And that went away. That disappeared somewhere. I don't know exactly when because I was on a, on a walkabout for a while. But that's a different story. Um, and... <laughs> Now it's starting to come back. Yeah, that was my aimless wandering years in California. Going, <laughs> I knew where you were going with crumbled. that. <laughs> yeah, my life was crumbling. But it's not like I don't talk about it. I write about it. I talk about it all the time. My life crumbling beneath me until I finally crashed and burned and surrendered. So I can't do this. Like the Phoenix change. Rising. You know, Phoenix yeah, Rising. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I was calling it my decade of destruction for a while because that was a cute title. And yeah. it was all my own doing. Both substances in my lifestyle. Not runaway, crazy, crazy ego. Um that's that's why I do what I do. I mean, I learned. I had to learn this. I had to change. I could not live as the person I was. So I had to learn about gratitude. And I had to learn about positive thinking. I had to, I had to learn this literally. I walked mm-hmm. out of a treatment facility, flat broke on welfare and the whole thing, and uh, had to figure out how to put my life back together. Yeah. I didn't just. I don't. This is not a theoretical exercise. I mean, it's something that started in 1986 with Dennis Waitley's Psychology of Winning, and it's been going ever since. I know that if I put positive things in my mind on a regular basis, my life keeps going in a good direction. And if That's I stop right. it too long, I stop becoming like the rest of the jamokes out there. Yeah. <laughs> One or a few. I could use the word jamoke with, and you get it. It wouldn't work. <laughs> It's true, though, because, you know, you can see or you can feel, you can see, you can hear as you read your book. Definitely the energy of the book comes through that it is your writing and it is your life experience. It's not like you're just saying, you know, practice what I preach, but nothing, none of this happened to me. You know that you come from that, you know, and that's. And I'm still learning. That's what I, I continue to write because I continue to learn things. Aren't we all? Yeah, we're all working. Well, yeah, hard, I don't right? ever want to stop yeah. this. I love this. No. No. We are all works in progress. And, and people will say, well, you know, I, I just wish I could be perfect. It's like, well, you are. You're perfect in your imperfection, so go with that. You know, because we're yeah, all. Yeah, once right. you, you don't want to get to perfect. Perfect isn't good. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Wayne Dyer's. Your life is a work of art and project, progress. Yes. Well, that's it. It's, yeah, it's, there, there is no perfect. Perfect what? No, yeah, perfect is dead. Boring. Perfect. Yeah. Perfectly yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I mean, like Robinson yeah. Peels. It's a, people with no stress in their lives are in the graveyard. Well, six feet That's under. right. Because the rest of us, I don't care who you are, including students, and they have very stressful lives, and people think, well, they're a student. What can they be stressed about? Are you kidding? I wouldn't want to be a student right now. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, no, don't, no, totally different life. You know, one of the areas that you cover is how to put your problems to work for you. And I think people would like to hear a little bit more about that. You know, can we really do that? How do we do that? Because I think that's a thing that people don't understand. You want to get into that a little bit? Sure, sure. I mean, it's, and it's something that, that I learned way back. I was doing some of my Tony Robbins work back in the early 90s, uh, 1991, 92. I did a lot of – I've studied everyone and every, continue to. And I have tons of books and audios. I've probably read three, 400 books. But anyway, you start, I started, one of the first things I learned to do is change the word from problem to challenge. That mm-hmm. immediately sets up a different reference in your head. And if you say to somebody, hey, we have a problem, they start backing away. That's the last thing they wanted to hear. i got enough problems, I don't need any more. But if you go up and say, hey, we have a challenge, we perk up to challenge. We step up to yeah. a challenge. <laughs> so that's, that's one way to fix it right away. And I, I did that. I tested that in the real world. My wife was in a hospital, and I had some challenges, quote-unquote, with the hospital administration. But I went up that way. I went. I approached it exactly. I said, "We have it. We have a challenge. We have to get resolved here." Everybody's like, "Okay, what can we do to help?" <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been a war. If I if I'd had a problem, it would have been red policy and whatever. So right there, it helps. The other thing is to realize that it's not a problem. It's just something happened in your life. You're perceiving it as a problem, and maybe something you didn't want. But there's something. There's always another side to it, right? You can get into the whole lower polarity concept. But if I have a problem, I must have a solution. If I have a right. left, I have to have a right. You know? 
David Nagel talked greatly about lower polarity in some of his work. You, know, it, you can just change how you perceive that when you when you do that. When you instead of looking, and it's one I did a chapter called "What's Working," and it's a similar uh-huh. concept. Instead of looking at the problem and looking at what's wrong with this whole picture, start looking from the other side and say, "All right, there's this pile of mess sitting here on my desk. Where is the opportunity that I may not be seeing?" Where is the opportunity with it? And sometimes it's having to go through the problem will take you to the opportunity. And I've had this, I've had business failures that taught me lessons, but they all took me somewhere. You know, yeah, that was a failure. Yeah, I lost money. And yeah, ooh, that hurt. But you know what? If that hadn't happened, that door wouldn't happen, and I wouldn't be over here doing this. And I've had that happen right. so many times that I realized there's no coincidences going on here in God's universe. Sorry, folks. Right. It doesn't happen by accident. No, so. it does not. You know, and it, it can happen sooner if they learn so, sooner some of these techniques because you won't, your, your growth will be different. You will find those doors opening a lot faster because when you are happy, things come to you and you're in flow. You're just in this flow where things are just happening, going along, and it's just really great. Are there going to be challenges? Sure, there are, but you're going to react to them differently, and you're not going to do the negative thing. You're going to take it as a challenge rather than a problem. And you know, Jim, I've noticed that when I'm in meetings with you know, other fellow people, business owners through the Chamber of Commerce or whatever, the people who are the most successful are the people who, and I've noticed this because I know I do this, uh, I won't say, well, we have a problem here. I'll say, you know, our challenge is this. And people will, you're right, they perk up because everybody likes to, you know, solve, be competitive and who can meet the challenge. And that's how we were all trained. But I noticed the people who are most successful talk that way. They change the words around so the presentation is different so that they can get people to give more input and and come to a resolution and figure it out. And one of the things I do with students is when they'll say, you know, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. I failed at that. And I'll say, no, you didn't fail. You just didn't find what works yet. So keep going. And they're like, oh, okay. He had to in a light bulb with the 9,000 times he didn't invent the light bulb. He didn't fail. He just found right. 9,000 times it didn't work, but he did find one that did work, and if he didn't, yep. it would be doing by candlelight. Right. So, yeah, it works. It's, things yeah. happen. I think part of that, like you said, it's, it's it's almost like when you take the word problem away, you've removed the black cloud that was floating over it. Mm-hmm. Now it's just stuff, because if you, break, you, know, you come down to it, there's there's no right and wrong, there's no good and bad, just everything is on a continuum. So what you see as a problem might really be the most amazing opportunity you've ever had. I mean, I had that happen to me when my life, when I crashed, when I woke up in a hospital room and my life was over and I had no money, no no friends, no nothing. I was physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally broke. Uh, I thought it was the end, but that had to happen for me to reach a point where I said, okay, I need help. I need to change my life to get on a path that would take me to where I am now. I couldn't have gotten here from where I was. So what I thought was the worst problem I could have ever imagined became the biggest opportunity in my life. And you and typically that's correct. And typically the other correct piece of that that kind of goes hand in hand is the people in your life that you have the most challenges with and maybe are, are the most destructive relationships are our greatest sources of growth and learning. You know, you have to you have to learn when you go through those relationships and, and such. And and I think that that's important for people to understand. But it's a whole lot different when you change the perspective to positive from the negative. And and you can change that. You think it's entrenched beliefs, and it is. But you can change it. You can turn it around. It's been scientifically proven. We know this. And gratitude is the start of all that. Um, okay, so Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information they have over 150,000 titles to choose from now many of the titles that they have are by guests that we've had on this show including Gay Hendricks who wrote The Big Leap The Courage to Be Free by Guy Finley A Message of Hope from the Angels by Lorna Byrne and of course Dr. Bernie Siegel who has been here I don't even know how many times I just love Bernie and all you have to do is put his name in and you will see a number of his books on audible.com There are so many other books available, too, from so many different authors. And the best part is you can listen to audiobooks on any device, including whatever you're hearing Energy Awareness Radio on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, you get one free audiobook along with a one-month trial of the service. So go ahead and write that down, audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, to find the books of interest to you. You know, we appreciate all of our listeners, and we are so grateful for your support. So go there and, you know, take it a step further and learn a whole lot more for yourself and go to audibletrial.com slash energyawarenessradio and see what's in store for you there. So, Jim, sometimes I think that uh, people, 
you know, when January comes, everybody's doing these things about, you know, taking resolutions. And my, I have one every year. Don't make a resolution. I just don't yeah. because I think you, you don't need to make it in January. You can start to do things tomorrow or in the next second. And when people say, oh, I want to do over, it's like take it now. Oops, you missed that opportunity. Take it now. Oops, you missed another one. Take it now. And people will laugh. But you don't have to wait for a specific time. But what goes with that, too, is that sometimes I think when people set goals, they set themselves up for failure. It's like they know they won't complete the goal, so they just say, oh, yeah, I'll write it down, but I know, I know I'm not going to make it. That's a mindset right there. You're, you're bringing it to you. You know you're not going to make it. You will fail. You know, whether you think you can or you can't, you're correct. So how can they get past that so they actually will achieve their goals? Well, I think I, I compliment anyone who's even writing goals down to, in the first place. I mean, that's, <laughs> so many people don't even do that. I ran into a woman who said she didn't write her goals, and I said, well, why not? And this was someone who should have known better because she was in a network marketing company. I said, why not? She said, well, anyway, she said, then if I don't get them, I'll, I won't be disappointed. And I just yeah. looked at her and said, you don't write them down. <laughs> the chance of getting them just dropped to near zero. I mean, that's the problem. We, we live life on default, you know, and just kind of hope for the best. Whatever shows up is what I get. Well, no, you can have what you want. You know, all the teaching teaches that. Take any book you want out of any religion you want to, you want to choose from. So you start there. Start by identifying what you want. And, and not going into it saying, oh, I'm going to write this down. I know I won't get it. If you seriously sit down, and I'm, I do... I, I do a lot of goal stuff in workshops and seminars, depending on the time allotted. But in a simple fashion, I, I like starting with a vision. I learned this probably yeah. from Bob Proctor way back when somewhere. You create a vision of what your your life, what would my life be like if each area were ideal? If my health, my career, my family, my social, my money, my, everything, spirituality, all of it. If everything were just like, wow, my life is just amazing. Look at this life I have. And then from there, start extracting some goals and say, okay, what needs to happen in the next year? Do the vision on a five-year time frame. You come back and you take out some goals for a year. What could I do in a year? If my vision is to have a book in five years, a published book, in a year I could have written the book. Okay. Mm -hmm. you, know, you start there. So whatever it is, there's always a process. But by identifying it, and I can't, well, I can't explain why, but I don't, it'll take forever. The idea <laughs> of just writing it down has power. That yes. alone, if you just if you did nothing else, because I experimented with goals, I learned it from Dr. Dennis Waitley in 1986. It was 28 years ago, and I've been using them since. And I could do hours worth of stories on how they've happened, things that have happened in my life, including finding publishers and finding a wife, and just on and on and on. It's amazing. But and I don't obsess about it. I'm not like one of those every day do this, do that. But you have a process when you start picking, choosing what you want in your life. It has a way of showing up. You know, the teaching, the Bible says, ask and you'll receive. you got to ask. <laughs> you ask people what you want. They go, oh, I don't know. Well, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a bucket full of I don't know. If you start it's identifying, I would like to, you know, I'd like to work here. I'd like to do this. I'd like to have that. I'd like to be driving this. I'd like to be living here or traveling there or working here or earning this. Or whatever it is, start designing your life instead of leaving it up to chance. That's the worst thing. People leave their lives up to chance. That's a tragedy. That's a waste of a life. It is. It, is. it absolutely is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes uh, people will say something to me and I'll say, well, okay, and, and I'll tell them what I did. I'll give them a for instance and I'll say, you know, so I asked. And they'll say, what do you mean? You just asked? And they said, yes. And I said, yeah. Oh, I wouldn't think to ask. And I said, well, you know what? If you don't ask, the answer is always no. So yeah, exactly. they can't change you, they can't shoot you, they can't crucify you and invite your friends. You know, all they can do is say no. What's the big deal? But if you don't ask, it's always no. You're never going to get the yes. You have to ask the question. And all those no's will lead to a yes because somebody will say yes. Be persistent. But people, why aren't we taught that? Why do we have to go through learning it? Why is that not something that's taught in schools? Ask a question, ask a question, or it's going to be no. When you say that to people, it's like a light bulb goes off, and they realize, oh, that's really true. If you don't ask, you're never going to, you know, you'll never get it. Yeah, well, and, I don't know. I've done seminars for teachers and realized that they weren't teaching it because nobody taught them. Mm. I was at a point in my seminar when they should have just been walking out of the room for a cigarette or something. They weren't. They were writing down frantically, taking notes. And I realized that they had not been taught what I was talking about. Yeah. And I got to They're it on my own. They're hungry for it. People are hungry for it. Yeah. They want this. Well, yeah, because that. this is 
this is the connection to the why are seventy percent of the population unhappy in the workplace is because they were never they were never given a handful of basic skills for creating your life. I mean, I'm not the only you're teaching it. I'm teaching it. There are probably a, you know five thousand people with a similar message out here, but it's not getting mm-hmm. through. Right. That's why I wanted to get in the workplace. I need to be where the people are in front of the, well, in the workplace there was, there was... with the managers and. Sorry. Yeah, and there are so many things that, that, you know, to go into companies now where they are starting to teach wellness programs, and you've got to shoe in right there, just send them your book, you know, and they'll be like, we got to get this I mean, it's a, good, it's a good investment, as you know. The more you invest in your employees, the, the more revenue you're going to get back at the end of the day. Yeah. We're, not, we're not working widgets. We're working with people. That's right. That's right. There's That's not the robots. We have to people get back to Yes. And and I think sometimes, and you know, sometimes people will say, I remember I had one woman come in and talk to me about her job, and she said, you know, they rearranged our jobs at work, and now I have all the icky stuff to do. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, all the fun stuff that was part of my job, I got taken away. And she said, and now I have all the junk left. And I said, well, you need to go and talk to your boss and say to your manager, you know, you took away all the good stuff because maybe he doesn't think it's good stuff. Maybe he thought he was taking away the icky stuff. Sure enough, she went and she talked to him. And he said, well, I took this away because I, I didn't think that you liked it. And she said, but you didn't even ask me, and that's the part I like. And he said, nobody else wants to do it. And she said, then why would you take it away? So she ended up getting the job she wanted because she could do. And she said, I understand there are tasks that I don't want to do within every job. And that's true. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah, there's sure. something in your job that you're not going to like. But you have to do yeah, it to complete the job. It. Yeah. Can you deal with and, it? Yeah, and you kind of, I mean, I try to make that stuff fun. It's like, I'll turn, I, I do not like to do bookkeeping. I do not like, I married an accountant for one reason. He's the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I to do it, you know? And so okay. I could not. There's good a reason it's Eddie, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, well, his last name was Love. So I said, I married you for love and because you're an accountant. <laughs> yes, there you go. You know, but he does that part. But when I have to do the bookkeeping, I'm like, oh, my God, I hate this part. So I just turn on some music that I like and I'll, you know, get myself a nice little cup of coffee or something that I like to drink. And and I'm not talking about booze. I'm talking about, you know, like hot chocolate or if it's wintertime. Yeah, you don't want to be loaded with bookkeeping. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) They'd be glowing, you know. (laughs) Really bad idea. I sit there and I do it and I get it done and it goes faster because I'm like, well, I'm grateful I can have a chocolate while I do this. I'm grateful that it's a rainy day or it's a stormy day and I'm getting something done. You have to make it fun. That's how I make it fun. I think a lot of people don't realize that if you make these lousy tasks fun, they go a lot further and faster than you think and you won't mind doing them. Isn't that true? Exactly. I wrote, actually wrote a chapter on that in Happier Work because we had a, mm-hmm. a labeling party one time. We had to label like 9,000 CDs and put them in binders and packages, and it was a whole lot of work. And we recruited people. We got beer. We got pizza. We had a blast. We had a great – actually, my business partner's friend, who was a naval scientist, was thrilled to be doing menial labor because he never got to do anything like that because he was such a high level. He was working with the Department of Navy. He was at so high level in science that he never got to play with things like stick labels on CDs. And he was having fun. Yeah, and we had a good time. We, we went through some pizzas, and we drank some beer, and we got the job done. So you find a way. Like you said, you find whatever. You reward yourself. You set up a little reward mechanism. When I finish right. this, I'm going to do this or that. There's a lot of ways. It comes, keeps coming back to pushing your own buttons. Who's going to run your, Who's going to determine how I feel? It's either going to be me or it's going to be something outside of me. I prefer right. it be me. Yes, absolutely. And in my life. like a like a marriage, you need to keep where you keep need to keep the love alive. Sometimes our jobs need a boost so that we can, you know, we need to put the excitement back into our work. And if there is a group effort thing, one company I worked for, once a month, there were ten thousand envelopes that needed to be stuffed with whatever the the content was. You walked around the table and you picked up a piece of paper and then you stuffed the envelope. You walked around the table and picked up all those pieces of paper, folded them, stuffed them in the envelope. And then somebody else was doing the, you know, the uh, what do they call it? Whatever it is, the mailing, the bulk mailing. And oh my gosh, it was horrible. Your nails would get wrecked, your cuticles because you get these paper cups and everything. So I went down to a, a local store, Staples, and I picked up that 
stuff that you use, I forget what it's called, soft quick or something, and you put your hands in it, you put your fingers on it, and it's easier to pick up the papers. It's pink. And I said, look, it's pink. It's pretty. We're all women here. It's pink. Let's do this. And everybody's like, oh, I like this much better. By the time we finished talking about that, you know, we had a good size of number of envelopes done. And then we said, okay, let's do a topic of discussion and let's do something else and turn on some music and make it fun. And we did, and other people from other departments would come and say, what are you guys laughing about in here? And we'd say, just, pick, you know, just follow us around for like five minutes. Many hands make light work. And if you got other people to help you with just a little bit, it was so much better because you knew you're going to be done faster. They helped. You're saying, thank you so much for helping us. You know, it really made it a fun task, and you got to know other people in the company just because there was ruckus going on in that conference room, and everybody wanted to know what what was involved. So you kind of have to take the bull by the horns and do things like that, regardless of whether management approves or not. I'm not saying, you know, bring in loud music and do things, but you have to make it fun. If work isn't fun, it's really not worth doing. Right. But it keeps coming back, and you nailed it. It keeps coming back to you're asking yourself questions like, okay, so what could I do to make this more enjoyable? Mm. So it's, it, it all, how I feel, how anyone feels, is totally dependent on what they're focused on, fo- focusing on and the story they're telling themselves at any given time. So if yeah. you want to feel better, change the story, change your focus. Ask a better question. How could I, be, how could I make this more interesting? Okay, I could do this or that with it. Or how can I make it more bearable or whatever. We've all done things and we all do things. We'd rather have someone else be doing, but guess what? There's no one to hand it to, so you do it, right? That's right. And you get through it. It's not that big a deal. It's just life. But how you feel about it is more important than what it is. That's why two people can do the same task and one is perfectly happy. Actually, I got the idea for happier work, doing demo work, noticing half the place people that worked there were happy walking around smiling and the other half were walking around miserable. It's like, what's the difference? We're in the same place. They're all doing the same mm-hmm. thing. And I started thinking about it and started outlining chapters, and that was a few years back. The rest of that was history. But uh, it was, again, it was the real world. It was like looking at what's actually going on. Sure, the, the, only thing that's, the only common denominator is what you, what's going on in your own head. Right. And I think it's important for an employer to give people – you have a um, one of your chapters about um, seeing the bigger picture – And I think it's really important for employers to let people know what it is they're doing because if you are a part of something greater, you feel good about it. If you don't know and you're just putting, you know, you're a cog in a wheel because you're just putting, you know, a screw in a a plate, but you don't know what that plate goes to, you don't care. You're just, it's very menial. You're just doing it day after day. But if you know that, hey, like in your chapter, I think it was a spaceship, wasn't it a satellite dish or a spaceship or something like that? You know, if they're doing that, they know that, wow, this is important work that you're doing. Because a lot of times people will say, well, you know, there aren't that many Oprahs in the world. And I'll say, no, there aren't. But you know what? Oprah wouldn't be Oprah if it wasn't for everybody else. Your puzzle piece is just as important as everybody else's. I don't care if you're the man on the street, if you're a homeless person, you are just as important to this planet and what happens. And you're a critical part of what is going on right now, just like the Oprahs and the Dalai Lamas and the Pope and whoever. Nobody's better than anybody. We're all equal, but people They're don't get something. that. Well, the, the Oprah show, and I, I worked in broadcast television. I can tell you right now, the Oprah show would not go on very well if the guy in the control room didn't open the button on the microphone. Right. <laughs> okay? so it yeah. all matters. It all counts. You know? uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, it, and, that, and that's a big part. And I think that's a piece where companies could be doing a better job of connecting their employees to what's going on in a place and why you're here and how you fit into it. And that mm-hmm. came from a story a friend of mine told me. He was a director at a high level in a company of a lot of employees. And he was at the back of the annual meeting listening to managers as they were leaving the room. And one manager said to the other one, wow, this is really some vision that they got for the company. I sure hope they get there. Mm-hmm. And my friend stood there incredulous, <laughs> realizing that these people don't even get that they are the how in the, <laughs> in the getting there. <laughs> they right. are the wheels and attorney to get there. Get there. <laughs> yeah. And they the other didn't one is see it. Make it happen. No. Well, and this is this is corporate's fault. Obviously, they never brought them into where they fit in the vision. Or what is? Do they even have the vision? And I love doing vision work because you can do it from the corporate level right down to the individual. You can do it for your family. You can do it for yourself. Whatever. Everybody has a vision of their role in anything. Uh, there's more than one person. And the clearer yeah. you get with that, because now you're invested. When I'm invested in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. 
all bets are off. Everything is fine. Everything is working because I'm invested in it. I'm engaged in it. I'm enjoying it. I feel better. Being disengaged from your job and being there for 10 hours or 8 hours a day is absolutely insane as far as I'm concerned. Why mm-hmm. would I choose to be miserable? By choice, I'm going to spend a third of my day being miserable. But, you know, get, mm-hmm. go get help for that and get medication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not, that's, that's beyond not anything we that's can do. That's not mental health. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not mental health. No, it's absolutely not. No, and I think a part of the thing, too, that companies are doing with their wellness programs is that it's not all about the physical. When I go in, and and like, you know, we're talking about mental health here, the attitude, that is mental health. And, you know, this is, you know, things that people need to do. That's where it starts, because if you have good mental health, you'll be more physically healthy. And if something does come up, if you meet a challenge, then you can get over it better because you have a better attitude. So there are so many reasons why companies should bring in wellness programs that start with the basics like your book, in order to get people to, it should be almost like mandatory reading. Read this book before you start here. <laughs> you know, I really think yeah. so. <laughs> well, because it's all connected. Like you said, wellness is wellness. And when wellness goes up, retention goes up, turnover goes down, right? Absenteeism goes down, income goes up. Everybody yeah. wins. The employee wins, the company wins, the customers win. The world gets better. Right. Right, and that's, that's my goal. end game is make the world a better place. That's right. You leave it better than I found it. You know, when I came in, yeah, leave it thank better. You. Exactly. You know, leave it better yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know, don't leave it worse and don't leave it the same. Try to make changes that are impactful in a very positive way. That, yeah, that is absolutely the number, the number one thing that I think we all are trying to do, or most of us are trying to do, and, and to teach other people how to do that is great because. They, you know, we need to know. We need to help other people who aren't happy in their work. It's a shame. It's sad, actually, to have people come home and just they're, I'm a cog in a wheel. I'm a cog in a wheel. With that attitude, yeah, yeah uh, you can't. Uh, you know, yeah, bring off. I can't tolerate that. Mm-hmm. That's why I, yeah. I do. I have to help fix that. I've got to find ways to help fix that. Yep. People don't need to feel that way. They just don't know that. No. Exactly, because they're not taught it. So now we have a book out there that helps them to to do this. And the holidays are coming, so buy this book for you know everyone in your company, everyone in your family, all your friends. You know, it's a great little tool. It's a great. It's probably one of the best gifts you can give someone because it will change their life incredibly. You know, and those are the things that make a difference. You know, those types of things. I remember once I had an employee. She was a fabulous employee. She was wonderful. Everybody thought she was great. You know, she was wonderful and she was high level and. I fired her, and everybody was like, oh, my God, he fired Robin. <laughs> why did you fire her? It was nobody's business, really, why I fired her. But the reason I fired her is because when I worked late at night and I heard her talking with the janitorial staff, it really, really bothered me. And I would talk to her about it and say, you cannot treat the staff that way. They're, if it weren't for them, you wouldn't have a clean desk and an empty basket the next day. You need to be nice to these people. And she was so intent on how good she was and how wonderful she was that she and she knew I'll never get fired. And then when I fired her, she said, I can't believe you're firing me. You have no reason. I said, I do have a reason. You're mean. I don't do mean. I, I will not tolerate mean. You uh, need to leave now. Yeah, she was shocked. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, you know, I'll never forget it. It was one of the hardest firings I've ever had to do, but it was the best one I've ever done. And everybody was in shock because at that moment in time, I think everybody knew, although she tried to be one of those suck-up people, it wasn't working with me. It wasn't going to work with me. I don't care how much of a producer you are for whatever volume of whatever it is you're doing. If you're bringing other people down because of your negativity, you need to go find a place that's completely negative where you fit in because it isn't here. And I won't, I won't tolerate it. And people just immediately upon that, people started looking at me a little bit differently. I think they were slightly afraid. I didn't care. I was like, no, I'm fair. I'm very fair. I gave her so many chances, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I won't have mean. Mean is not – there's no place for mean. You, know, you want to be mean, go somewhere else. So, you know, giving the people as much as you can and working with them and giving them chances, but when they're not changing their perspective and they're not treating others in a kind way as not even going out of their way. Just treat them as a human being. They're a fellow human being. Just treat yeah, right. them that way. That's all. That's all I ask. Nothing more. And if you're not going to do that, then you can't be working for me. So, <laughs> having said that, you know, that's pretty much how I, how I run things. I don't know if anybody's ever going to want to work for me again. <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, I don't yeah. work for that woman. <laughs> but that's okay. We are almost at the top of the hour, Jim. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on Energy Awareness Radio. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your work and where they can purchase your book? Well, the book is available wherever books, wherever you buy books now, wherever books are sold, basically. 
And you can learn all about me at jimdonovan.com. And if you go to jimdonovan.com forward slash happy, you can get a free gift and a subscription to my newsletter. That's J-I-M-D-O-N-O-V-A-N.com. And thank you for that. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been a great uh, pleasure. Yeah, I, I I love I really love your book. I think I actually I uh, am on the board of trustees for my chamber of commerce, and we are putting together programs to teach people with the new Affordable Care Act how companies can save money by bringing in wellness programs. And I am bringing this book with me to the next meeting to say, okay, HR committee, work with me, chair of the wellness committee, and let's see if we can bring this into some companies and have the companies buy this book because it's important that people read it and know it. It's not a, it's not an intense read. It's a very quick read and you can just you know what is it, 150 pages something like that. Yeah, it's not yeah, 100 yeah. yeah, you know, it's a very quick read. It's an easy read and it's a fun read. I enjoyed it immensely and I would really like to see this go through the ranks of, you know, management down to down to employee employees who are not management level because I think that every employee should read something like this because then they're going to further themselves and the company will be better. So just so you know, I, you know, I liked your book that much. <laughs> I thought Thank it you. was great. <laughs> I am eternally grateful for anything you can do. It's just you know, a little blip okay. out here in a noisy world sometimes, you know? Yeah, you know, but if we ever want to bring in a speaker to do this type of thing, I'd be like, hey, I have a guy. His name is Jim Donovan. This is a book he wrote, and everybody should have read it. You know, let's bring him in to do something. So you never know, you know. Um, But really, people, it's it's a great tool, and it can change somebody's life, especially in the economic challenging times that we're in now with people in job security and not knowing things. They can actually do better at their job and maybe secure it a little bit more by changing their attitude because when you're down, people don't want you around, you know? So it's a really good read. So I, I appreciate very much that you, you're sharing your time and all of your experiences with us here, you know? So thank you for that. Thank you, T. It's really my pleasure, honestly. Anytime. Anytime at all. Thank you. Thank you very much. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio. So please share it with your friends. You know, we live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life that we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link to this show that you just listened to to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for everyone. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get out your calendar and make a note of it now so you remember to tune in next week. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. There you can find a list of the past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the remainder of this year, including an upcoming Crystal Singing Bowl concert on Sunday, October 19th. If you're not in the area or you can't make a concert, you can order my CD, Imagine, from my website as well. And my new CD was just released on October 1st, and that's available on my site as well. That is called The Healing Sounds of Christmas, and it is played on a brand-new instrument that's still patent pending. It's called the Quartz Crystal Harp, so it's really kind of a neat tool. And it is also healing music. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
if I lost everything that I had, I could smile and somehow still be glad and say thank you, thank you. Cause life is joy, life is pain, but the prayer of my heart will never change. I'll say thank you, oh I'll say thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.